Well, good afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to Town Talk. We're coming from you live from WSIC, the Real Talk Studio, nestled on the banks of beautiful Lake Norman, streaming worldwide from Florence, Italy, to St. George, South Carolina. I'm your host, Bill Russell, president of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, the largest chamber of commerce in the Charlotte region. This is a program where we discuss topics that are impacting your family, your friends, your neighbors, your business, from my neighborhood to yours. My guests today are Nicole Bryan, she's the founder and board chair, and Mark Davis, the interim head of school for the Ambassador Christian School. Later in the, in the third and fourth segments, we have Pastor David Judge and Margie Nance with Cornelius Early Scholars. Uh, Nicole, I'm going to start with you. I, I've known you and your husband, Callan, for, for many, many years. Uh, Callan was my board chair of the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, while you can't divulge this, I will. You did my estate planning for me, and so I've known you as my attorney. Uh, what would it entice you to become the founder of a school? Well, thank you, Bill. Um, interestingly, it was not my idea. <laughs> my my dear friend, uh, Melissa Gibbs, had the idea to start a Christian high school. And back in October of 2021, she we've been friends for a long time. She sent a text to me, and she said, have you ever thought about starting a new Christian high school? And my response was no, but I will now. And about two weeks later, Callan and I talked about it. We prayed about it. Um, just really felt like with my background in law and then having gone to seminary um, at Dallas Theological Seminary and then having taught, uh, really felt like this was my calling and passion. So I quickly joined Melissa and since then, the two of us have been working to build the school, and we've started with a great team, including Mark. So Yeah, and this is going to be 9th through 12th. 9th through 12th only, yes. And, and Mark, you're the former head of school for Covenant Day. Uh, 33 years of experience, and you and I were just sharing. You decided to step down and retire, and you were out just a few months before they pulled you back in, uh, I think first as a board member and, and now the interim right. head of school. Um, talk about the vision that the two of y'all have for the new uh, Ambassador Christian School. Well, that's probably what sold me on the school and the commodity retirement. A couple things. First of all, Nicole and Melissa have unbelievable enthusiasm. <laughs> I've always felt enthusiasm is irresistible. And so I know that Ambassador Christian is going to have a lot of enthusiasm now and going forward. So what really brought me to this point was the vision for the school. And it's a really simple and straightforward vision. As Melissa and Nicole shared that vision with me, to think about launching, they, they, they use strong words. And so our school uses strong words because we want there to be strength in our school. There's this concept of launching ambassadors. So if you think about students being ambassadors, they're in their lives to be out not just making some money, but there's purpose to their life. So launching young men and women with purpose, and that purpose goes just beyond themselves. It's to be a purposeful life lived out for Christ and for others, and to have an influence in all spheres of life. So you think about young people going into the trades, mm -hmm. whether it be a master carpenter, electrician, or whatever, or a young man or young woman wanting to aspire to be an attorney, Ambassador Christian in that vision of launching students into all spheres of life, that really sold me. I thought that was just incredible. I think that's a distinctive of a Christian high school or any high school for that matter. 
So that that sold me in a big way. Nicole, uh, maybe I, I'm just not uh, in tune or don't know. It would seem like you would start with the smaller, you know, the preschool or first through sixth, uh, the junior, and then add on. You started at the very top right from the get-go. Yes, good question, Bill. <clears throat> well, a couple things. Um, we really found that there is, we feel like there's a need in our area. We have many great K-8 options. Um, and we found in our research and in talking with people and looking at the demographics that the, the, the population that's not um, served as we would like for them, as we have a vision to serve, is the high school population. So as Mark mentioned, we have a several distinctives. And, and what we really want to do is to have a high school experience where we still have large, um, excuse me, we still have small class sizes. We have a faith-based education, but we are giving students a full high school experience. So we eventually will have a capacity of about 1,000 students, so 250 students per grade, ninth through 12th. Um, that's certainly one of our distinctives. The other is, is, as Mark mentioned, what we're calling the Workmanship Center. And the Workmanship Center is our career, technical, trade, education component. And we feel very passionate about that, and that's part of the reason why we are choosing to just have a high school, so that we can focus on those students, as well as we plan to have 16 AP courses, a full college um, preparatory curriculum. We will also have an arts conservatory. So for those students who really want to focus in the arts, we will have a full athletics program. So we just looked at kind of what we are, Melissa and I are passionate about and what we think the need is and looked at the other schools in the area and felt like we could really serve um, that purpose of with the high school students. And I think a lot of schools um, maybe choose not to do high school because it's harder, frankly, and I think more expensive. But we are up for the challenge and just really looking forward to it. And, and share where Ambassador Christian's going to be. I know where it's already Yes. Open. So we have property. We actually have approximately 30 acres in Huntersville on Samfer Road. Um, we are about maybe a mile or so from where the Raymer Kepner Funeral Home is. We're right adjacent to Symphony Park, um, which is the new senior mm -hmm. apartment um, place there. So we've got a great location. When we looked at our sort of the 10-mile radius um, from, from our location. We can serve Concord. We can serve Kannapolis, Mooresville, Harrisburg, Charlotte, of course, Cornelius, Davidson, Huntersville, Denver. Um, so we, we're very thankful that we have this um, property, 30 acres. Right now we have about, the, the building's about 88,000 square feet. Um, and we have plans already to build a separate workmanship center, which will be our technical career education, um, and we'll, we have plans to add on as well to our current facilities. But we'll be able to open fall of 2024 um, in our current facilities. We're under renovation right now. And how would a, a parent go about um, having their kids apply for Ambassador? You want to talk that, Mark? Certainly. <clears throat> We're in the process of making hires right now, and we anticipate Somewhere in the range of early October, we'll start having some parent interest group meetings, 
and during those parent interest group meetings, we'll be able to tell parents more about the process. Likely it'll be somewhere in early December where those formal applications will be able to be assessed and analyzed and we'd be able to start accepting students, which is actually quite a bit earlier than a lot of the private schools in Charlotte. You may not even find out until April 1 if you're accepted into a high school in South Charlotte where I did much of my work. So we're, we're wanting to be able to give parents an earlier start on that to find out, you know, where, where might my child be next year? And we hope it will be an ambassador. And, and when we get back, we're going to talk about um, how many people that you would actually need in terms of teachers and some of the positions that you have. Um, and I particularly want to know some of the, the things that you feel, feel like it and the reasons why somebody should choose a Christian school over a public school. Um, stay with us. Come back to Town Talk right here on WSIC We'll be back after some brief news, and thank you for joining us today. And welcome back to Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, your host, President of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce. My guest today is Nicole Bryant. She's the founder and board chair and Mark Davis, the interim head of school for the Ambassador Christian School, which is a new school that's going to be opening up next year in Huntersville. Mark, before we went on the break, we were talking about what will be the needs. Um, how many teachers do you see that you'll be needing in the 2024 year? We're anticipating and praying for 300 students to start the first year, the 24-25 school year. And when you consider 300 students, Perhaps it'll be in the neighborhood of 200 freshmen, 100 sophomores. We don't quite know what the breakdown might be. But when you really look at that, you're 25 or we'll have probably a need for five students, excuse me, five teachers in all the major disciplines. So if you think about five English teachers, five history teachers, five social studies, five Bible teachers. So there'll be a need for quite a goodly number of teachers. And of course, the requisite staff to support those teachers in the work that we intend to do with the students. So it'll be somewhere in that neighborhood. So we'll begin doing some pretty significant advertising this fall as we start looking at what openings we'll exactly have. And I'm assuming that you'll be putting information about how to apply and what, what criteria on your website. Correct. It'll be in the website and there'll be, there are different sources that you can post openings in, in particularly Southeastern schools in the private school world. So we'll be using a number of different venues to post those openings. And what's the website address? Nicole? It is ambassadorchristian.net. Ambassadorchristian.net. Um, other job opportunities available there at, at your school? Certainly. If you think about everything from a high school principal to a development director to an admissions director to a marketing director, and you think about a, a receptionist, and other people who would maybe work with students who maybe need an academic boost for academic resources, teachers who have specialties in special education, something like that. So the range of what you would expect to have in, in any school, we'll be looking to hire in all those areas. And I might add one more that's going to be really important to us, or a couple. One will be a chaplain, somebody who will be focused on the spiritual life of the school and also student services, that person who will be working with the students and everything that's involved in their lives, both personally and as they start making plans for what courses sign up for. We'll have an athletic director, we'll have a fine arts director, 
So you're getting a feeling for the breadth of the hiring we will be doing. Uh, I'm a product of public school system. I graduated from Northwestern High School in, in Rock Hill, and certainly my high school years, it, it revolved around the band, the athletics, the high school team. Sure. You'll have all of the recreational components. and Yes, yes. If you think about the arts, there'll be the visual arts, there'll be the performing arts, drama, musical theater, there will be band, choir, everything you can imagine along the, that side of the arts. And of course, the athletic program will be starting as well. Football, cross country, uh, basketball, softball, baseball. So yes, when parents start thinking about what their students are interested in, we are, we are aiming to look at every student's giftedness. We wanna make sure that kids understand the, unique, the uniqueness of their gifts. We want them to know that we're interested in their talents and having those flourish and to focus on those being developed. And I, I want to add one more important part of our school, and that is this, this sense of virtue. We live in, I, we believe, a culture that deeply needs to regather what virtue means. And if you look back to even, even the motto of our country, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, our, our forefathers looked at that pursuit of happiness from a virtue standpoint, that you will not be happy unless you live a virtuous life. And so we really want that to become a, a value that's deeply embedded in our students' lives. You know, Mark, you and I are about the same age. Nicole, you're quite a bit younger. But uh, when I was in grade school, in, my, in first grade, I remember there was a Bible school teacher, even in the public schools in, in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and uh, her name is Miss Trumbull. And I still remember that all of these years later. But Miss Trumbull would come out and she would she would talk about Bible stories. Now, as I recall, your the, the parent had to sign off on whether or not the the student would be able to participate in Bible study. And if you didn't want to, then you went in the back of the room and there was a little area that you you could take a nap or whatever you wanted to do. But Ms. Trumbull told Bible stories. And, um, you know, recently we had a, a high school reunion where we were talking about and remembered Ms. Trumbull mm -hmm. and the impact she made. That's one of the things that's missing. Um, how does the Christian curriculum at a Christian school differ from a public high school? Well, one way that you might think about it is that each of the disciplines has a teacher that is a Christian teacher, and they think about how every one of the disciplines is influenced from a faith perspective. So you might ask questions that are going to be more deeply explored, and it doesn't mean that can't happen in a public school, but deep, more deeply explored in which students have the opportunity to think about how their faith is affected by a study of Tolstoy. And you might look at some of Tolstoy's short stories, for example, he always had a scripture verse attached from the Gospels to it. And so you have discussions in class. It's not just about reading an assignment, it's about coming prepared to have conversation and discussion about what you believe and what your fellow students believe. And there's back and forth. You learn how to debate. You learn how to develop your own worldview that's based on scripture for the kids who are Christians. But I might want to also add, we're not requiring students to be Christians to come to our school. Kids can come from basically any background that they want to. So we have an open enrollment school, but all the teachers are going to be coming from that perspective. So when you look at history, you look at how, how has God influenced history? And there are conversations about that. And you dig deeply into that. And sometimes those conversations are very hard, but they're important. You don't get very far in life without dealing with hard things. Yeah, absolutely not. Nicole, as a parent yourself, uh, why should any parent <laughs> choose 
uh, sending their child to a Christian school over a public school? Well, that's a, you know, I would say that's an individual question um, for each family. We believe that parents should, you know, are the primary decision makers um, and primary educators of their children. So I would say from, from a, my perspective as a parent of three children, what I'm very excited about at Ambassador and one of the reasons that I, um, you know, have, have dedicated my time to, to starting this school is that, as Mark talked about, we look at things in our family from a biblical worldview. And um, I, Callan and I, can't separate that from who we are and who our kids are. And so I'm excited that other kids will have the opportunity to come to Ambassador and, just as Mark said, really look at things from a theological and biblical perspective. We are going to be focused on, you know, hope and virtue and truth and purpose. And in so many schools today, we've really walked away from that. Um, but we believe the hope, virtue, truth, and purpose are all rooted in our faith um, and in, you know, Scripture and in our biblical worldview. So the other thing I'm really excited about from, for Ambassador is we believe that we know that we are all made in God's image and we're all given gifts. You know, my gifts may be different than Mark's gifts, may be different than your gifts and Callan's and my children. So one of my big passions is that we are putting together a program where when students come to Ambassador, we start in the ninth grade helping them to determine what are their gifts. So that, and we've got a whole program um, where we will have testing and evaluation where they will learn, like, what are their God-given aptitudes? So I think that is a distinctive for us and a difference between maybe public school education and Christian education because we're starting from that perspective. How did God make you? You know, what's your calling? What's your purpose? What is your giftedness? What is your giftedness? And let's help you discover that along with your parents. And then the parent and the child can see my child's really gifted in this area, mm -hmm. has a high aptitude here. So yeah. that's why we want to have the Workmanship Center and the arts and the athletics and all of that so that we can help them walk into what their giftedness and calling is. Mark, it, from a public school perspective, uh, there is diversity. You, you have people coming from Certainly. all walks of life, all, all uh, backgrounds and cultures, uh, demographics. Do you feel like this, this school will have a lack of diversity, or do you feel like you're going to be able to embrace and, and, and have a diversity there at Ambassador Christian? Certainly. So when we speak about diversity from our school's lens, it would be a, it would be a range of God's people from different ethnicities, from different races, from different countries. And we do hope to see that people would look at our community as one that they want to be part of, no matter what their background might be. And we would certainly encourage that and look to market that way. So it's a really good question. I appreciate you asking it. Uh, Mark, before we go, you, you've been a big brother, and, and I was sharing that we had our big day at the lake that I know Callan and, and Nicole have been involved in. Um, what is the one takeaway, the one magical thing about being a big brother? Uh, you, you receive far more than you give. That's the, that's the big takeaway, and I, I think that's a Christian message, that when you give, 
that's when you really receive. And we, we want to be able to, at our school, just like with a Big Brothers program, we want teachers who are authentically giving of themselves and showing students that their walk with the Lord and walk in the school is an authentic one. You've been with Mark Davis and Nicole Bryan here on Town Talk. Thank you so very much for joining us. We've got a couple more guests coming right up. Stay with us on WSIC. And welcome back to Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell, President of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce. I have with me Pastor David Judge and Margie Nance. They're with Cornelius Early Scholars. And Pastor, before we get started, uh, you guys had a goal of raising $100,000 for the school to be able to open it. And we were going to have you on today to talk about getting over the finish line and within like two weeks, I think, I was two weeks ago, you guys had already crossed the finish line Congratulations on raising the money that you need. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for having us here today. Uh, yeah, it is just by God's grace that we went over the finish line, as you said. And uh, we set that initial fundraising goal uh, a few months back, and we knew we needed that much funding, $100,000, just to launch for the first year, which we're just ecstatic over that. Okay. Tell us about what is the Cornelius Early Scholars for those who may not be in tune with what we're doing. So Cornelius Early Scholars is a, a nonprofit scholarship Christian preschool. All right. And there's a lot of important uh, pieces there. You know, we're a nonprofit. We're not here to make money. We're here to serve the community. And I think that's a part of the reason why the community came around us so, so well uh, with the fundraising. Uh, the scholarship portion of it is we are reaching a different segment of the market. We're looking for kids whose families cannot afford to send them to preschool. Uh, our target market is families that are 150% or below the federal poverty level. Uh, and we'll get into that more in, in a moment. But um, the other part then, of course, is Christian. You know, as a pastor, it was important to me that we not only give them the academic, but also the faith basis. And so uh, with that, it's preschool. We'll have three and four-year-old classes to start. And Margie, you have a background in this. You were a preschool director somewhere else. Yes, in Mooresville at First Baptist uh, Weekday Preschool there for 10 years. I directed um, and just loved it. And it, I started out as a teacher myself and then moved into an assistant position and then into the director um, seat. Dave, when do you expect this to open up? When Opening day of the school is Tuesday, September 5th, the day after Labor Day. And so uh, we had offset it from the regular CMS opening day, which is August 28th, so that families can more easily transition their public school kids into public school and then the next week get their preschool kids into preschool. And um, what's the, the philosophy behind this preschool? So the school is built on three pillars, as we say, academic excellence, uh, faith basis, and then parental involvement. And, and I think the parental involvement part is something that I want to address because I think that's very important. Uh, what we're looking to do is not only educate the child and help build the foundation of faith in the child, but help the parent to be a better parent and to understand the importance of early childhood education, help them with uh, basic life skills. And for this, we have partnered with a group out of Statesville called Pharos, which is a uh, longstanding uh, parenting education organization. Now, uh, you've made a presentation before our Rotary group, and um, you're with Cornelius Presbyterian. Nope, nope. First Baptist Church Cornelius. Oh, First, First Baptist Church Cornelius. Uh, but you made it crystal clear that this is not a program of the church. 
it's it's separate from the church. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So um, the church is the host. Uh, when this idea came about, going back some years ago, and then it finally coalesced in 2022, I went to the church and said we would like to start this preschool. When I say we, the board, we'll get to that maybe later also, but the board would like to start this preschool to serve the community. We have everything except a location. And First Baptist Church Cornelius was gracious to approve that we would be hosted by them. We don't pay any rent. We have no utilities. Uh, they opened up their education building for us to utilize. And how many students do you look at having uh, this coming session? Well, right now we're currently around 15 students, but we could easily house 24. Okay, 15 to 24. Mm -hmm. um, what is the, what's the difference between this preschool and any other? I mean, why, why should a parent look at, at sending someone to Cornelius Early Scholars? Well, uh, the first thing is, again, we're looking at a specific target market. Uh, the preschools around Cornelius, and there's plenty of very good ones, all charge. And so you're looking at $350 to $400 a month, which is far beyond the capabilities of the parents and the families that we're looking to tap into. Uh, we're, as I said, we're looking for those folks who are the lower end of the socioeconomic uh, scale. And that comes out of our relationship with Cornelius Elementary School. Uh, the way this whole idea came about was the church's relationship with Cornelius Elementary, which we, we serve, and Jessica Holbrook, who's the principal there, had told me a few years back that one out of four kids who comes to Cornelius Elementary for kindergarten is unprepared for kindergarten. And what she means by that is they can't count to 20, they don't know the ABCs, they may have never held a book, never held scissors, they don't have the social skills to sit still in a seat and learn. And because these children have never had any exposure to early childhood education, they start out far behind their peers in kindergarten, and unfortunately that carries through their entire education, and they come out of the education system, again, behind their peers. And so our job is to help bring these kids up to their peers. So when they start, everybody's starting at the same starting point. Margie, what are the ages? Five, six, uh, four, five? Three and four. And, Three and, and four. They will be turning four and five. And so, but they remain in the same classroom because we go by, we go for a whole school year. They remain uh, just like, so that when they do progress into kindergarten, that they're at the correct age, in other words. So yes, four and five. Um, confession time, Pastor. I, I was one of those kids that, I, yes, I went to kindergarten and I, I almost flunked kindergarten. The The teacher said that I should be held back because I was not ready to be in first grade. <laughs> and of course, my mother and father, they went ahead and put me in school anyway. Um, and I'm not sure that I actually matured till I was 46, <laughs> but uh, I, I was one of those that almost flunked kindergarten. Uh, but uh, I guess I made it. Well, you, you did a good job. It turned out okay. So. But uh, yeah, so most of the kids, I, I, my children all went to preschool. They all had that advantage. And this is an advantage that these other children, through no fault of their own, have no opportunity for. The parents who uh, want their children to go to the preschool, they uh, understand education, they value education, they love their families, they're hardworking families. We're working with a, a family right now that wants to send their child but the mother works during the day, the father works at night, and they're trying to figure out transportation for the child because they, they just, it just can't make it work. The father's also going to trade school during the day. So uh, these folks are hardworking folks who are just trying to get 
out of that cycle of poverty, and it starts with education for their children. Margie, it's been so long since I was in kindergarten, I don't recall. What, what's the curriculum that you introduce for these, these uh, young people? Uh, the curriculum, I think, that is the best curriculum, and the one that we've chosen is called Abeka. Um, it is actually uh, ranges from pre-K to grade 12. Obviously, we're just in the pre-K sector part of it, and it's a comprehensive uh, curriculum written from a Christian perspective that interweaves scripture throughout subject to subject so that children are learning the doctrine of, of the Bible, biblical doctrine, as well as strong character traits and integrity to go along with the ABCs, 123s, uh, emerging math and science, et cetera. And also it uses what's called a spiral learning approach where from subject to subject, the same concepts are, are repeated and, and they're reinforced so that children can gain mastery over that. Um, Pastor, you, you might have heard in the last segment I talked about how when I was in first grade, I remember that there was this Bible teacher that came out, Miss Trumbull. I've already talked about it, but Miss Trumbull would tell Bible stories. You had to have your parents sign off on it, and, and uh, if you didn't want to, you could go to the back of the room. But uh, I still remember Miss Trumbull sitting down and sharing you know, those stories, uh, and that's something that's not done in school today. No, it's not, and it's unfortunate because... While we can teach kids academics, we also have to teach them morality. We have to teach them to be good citizens, right? And a part of faith is just knowing who you are, knowing who God is, having a purpose in your life, having direction in your life. Uh, all of these things come from your faith background. And I think the reason so many kids are lost in, in, in their lives is they have never been told that there is a God and he loves you and he is open to a personal relationship with you if you would just uh, respond to that call. And so if we can teach the kids the two greatest commandments, to love God and love their neighbor, and uh, the golden rule to treat others the way they'd want to be treated, I think we'll be successful with the basic foundation. Margie, what's the geography you serve? So we serve the uh, greater Cornelius area, including Davidson and surrounding areas, all the way up to, I believe, Mount Ola. Um, I'm not sure exactly, but uh, we're open to anyone who could actually, you know, be uh, transported to the school, essentially. <laughs> yeah, the, the families that we're looking at predominantly, uh, because they're in that lower socioeconomic end of the spectrum, have transportation issues. So... I'm going to say from the current enrollment, 80% of the kids are from Cornelius, mm -hmm. uh, a few from Huntersville. I think there's one or two possibly from Davidson. Uh, they would be more Cornelius-based. We've got about 30 seconds. Uh, I'm sure there's a website that people can find out more information on the school. It's yeah, CorneliusEarlyScholars.org. CorneliusEarlyScholars.org. Um, those of you who are watching and listening to us, please stay with us on WSIC as we continue to talk about the Cornelius Early Scholars. I'm Bill Russell from Lake Norman Chamber. Come back and join us on Town Talk. And we're back on WSIC's Town Talk. I'm Bill Russell. Uh, Pastor, we were talking just before we went on break, the plans. What do you see is the future of the Cornelius Early Scholar Program? Well, at the immediate future, the first thing I would say is we need to continue to lift it up in prayer, right? So we've got a lot of heavy lifting to do over the next 26 days, I believe it is, before we open up. Uh, with that, uh, once we have opening day and get things started there, 
uh, we're going to be looking to continue to bring in enrollment. Uh, as Marky had said, we have capacity up to 24. Initially, when we had proposed Cornelius Early Scholars, it was going to be two classrooms of eight children each. Since then, we have added assistant teachers, and so now we can go to 12 students per classroom, so we have that capacity to 24. So we'll look to continue to take enrollment, even though we have exceeded our initial fundraising goal. We never stopped fundraising, so that will pick up again in the fall. And um, once that goes, we will uh, reevaluate, of course. We potentially would add another class uh, after the winter break if we continue to have the demand and the funding come in. And then when we have graduation, and then it starts all over again, and it just repeats. So that's I see how it's going. Margie, what's a typical day look like for a student at the school? So kids come in, um, and we probably will just have them walk the, the children in, and they they come in and they actually do what's called center time, where they go into open art area, uh, blocks, cars, home living, et cetera, and then they learn to form relationships there. Uh, they learn to share and uh, just get to know each other. Uh, so they do that. Also, there's table time where they'll they'll do uh, what's called fine motor skills and manipulatives, where they'll be writing and doing puzzles and things like that that really strengthen those skills. They'll have a snack time and outdoor time and recess where obviously gross motor skills will be enhanced there and out fresh air and time and fun away. That's their favorite time to go outside. They'll start screaming when they go to the playground <laughs> and then they'll come back and then there will be a, a, a further instruction, especially for the fours. There'll be more seat time. Becca is a challenging curriculum. It's a five-day curriculum that the teachers are going to have to push into four days, which uh, they will be more than ready for kindergarten after this curriculum. Trust me, it'll, it'll give them a secure foundation in that. They'll have a little more seat time. Uh, they'll have a couple of circle times throughout the day, whether do the weather, uh, the days of the week, yada, yada. And then Bible, of course, is a huge part of that, including scripture memorization. They'll have a little more time in centers, and then they'll end with lunch and then final dismissal. Pastor Judge, uh, you, you had a goal, $100,000, and certainly God's grace and prayer helped you get there, but that wasn't without a lot of work from a board of directors. I'm sure your board did a yeoman's job of getting you over that finish line. Uh, talk about your board. Sure, sure, absolutely. So thank you. Um, Cornelius Early Scholars, as I had said, was initially planted in my mind uh, when I spoke to Jessica Holbrook about the need of the kids. And it really festered there. God worked it in my heart for a number of years. And then after COVID, I was with Dr. Mike Miltick, who's a former uh, ENT and former town commissioner, and he and I are good friends. And uh, I, or he mentioned to me one night, he said, you know, I really would like to do something that serves the kids here in Cornelius. And I said, well, hey, I've got this crazy idea about this preschool. And that was how uh, we kicked it off. From there, we started reaching out to folks that we knew who we thought could really round out the uh, board. Uh, and those folks uh, include... Uh, first of all, you got Rhonda Cheek, who's a former CMS board yeah, member, Rhonda who well. is very, yep, very well and uh, perf uh, perfect. We've got Bonnie Little. Now, Bonnie Little uh, came to me and worked with First Baptist Church Cornelius to launch Camp Advantage, which was a remote learning center for kids during COVID, where we had over 40 kids coming into the church every day to uh, log on, do their work. There was tutors. Bonnie had coordinated that whole thing with Make an Impact Foundation out of Davidson, and so I called her up and said, hey, I have another idea. What do you think? And she was on board. Uh, we also have uh, Manny Rosado, who's the director of the Neighborhood Care Center. Mm -hmm. He has really been instrumental in helping bring in the families, particularly those Spanish-speaking families. And then finally, uh, last but not least, Tricia Sisson, who you know well, uh, also uh, 
businesswoman, former town commissioner, I believe former president of the chamber, possibly? Former board chair of the chamber of commerce. Yeah. She sure was. So, yeah. So, very strong board. And, yes, to your point, they were the ones who put it over the finish line. Uh, great, great people that you got involved. Margie, you could have done a lot of different things with your life. What led you to do this? God. I was perfectly comfortable doing HR at Belk because <laughs> <laughs> I am a people person, but I had done this prior and the Lord just said, time to take a little break. And about for about 21 months, he had me in two different places where I feel he prepared me for this platform because I was able to learn some software um, that we probably will actually be using in our future, as well as just get a little bit more backbone <laughs> when it comes to leading and uh, just strengthening those leadership skills and management skills as well. And then uh, I w was just essentially called back. I had the search words in my Indeed, and lo and behold, one night, late at night, uh, I saw this come up, and I read what they were about, and I said, oh, my goodness, this is great. I'm going to you know, pray about this, and sure enough, the doors opened up, and here I am. You know, Pastor, mm -hmm. we've talked about this at some of the nonprofit meetings that, that uh, since COVID, so many people got used to, to staying home. They didn't necessarily go to church. Maybe they watched it on the computer. Uh, attendance has fallen off. What are you seeing at First Baptist Church in terms of attendance? Is it coming back to pre-COVID levels, or, or are they as engaged as they were? It's slowly coming back. Uh, COVID was devastating for us. Uh, First Baptist Church Cornelius is a small church numerically. Uh, we had about an average of 80 people prior to COVID. We had to shut down, of course, like everybody else. When we reopened, we were at 20 people in attendance. Uh, we are now averaging a little bit over 50 uh, so we still have a lot of growth to go, uh, but we are still as engaged in the community as ever, uh, if not more so. The preschool uh, is a huge part of that, and uh, we'll continue to do what we can to serve the community and uh, bring glory to God. You know, Pastor, I wrote a letter to the editor that the Business Day Cornelius Today ran last Friday, the Lake Norman Citizens running it today, uh, talk about a couple development projects, but the main the main point of it was the, the social media comments that are being made and, and how we're treating each other. And one of the big points I tried to make is there's a generation coming behind us that's watching and listening at everything that we do. And uh, your children are watching parents and those kids in schools are watching us, how we treat each other. And, and that's my biggest concern when you look about what's going on across this country and the divide that we have. Um, I think there's uh, either there's a lack of faith or we're just not allowing God in our lives. But can you speak to what you're seeing across the country and what you're seeing in this community? Well, I, I think I, I mean, I agree with you on what you're saying. And a part of the reason is we have lost God in our everyday life. You know, uh, it's come out of the schools. It's come out of the family life. Uh, currently, you know, Christianity is on a decline, if, if you will, in the United States. And so going back to the foundation of the the, third, the second pillar of Cornelius Early Scholars, the foundation of faith, uh, we want the children to learn the golden rule, you know, treat others as you would be treated, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, these things have been lost and they need to be brought back in if we're going to have a healthy citizenry that can have a healthy debate without calling each other names and without getting ugly uh, on social media or in person. Pastor, if you could wave a magic wand right now and, and make any kind of change in, in the late Norman community, what would it be? That every Christian would get out there and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ loudly. Margie? Amen. <laughs> 
Same. Um, just planting seeds for Christ. And for me, that's my passion is with the children. And so starting there, giving them that foundation that they can carry through because these particular uh, families come from that demographic of challenge. We are all, obviously, we all have our challenges, but them especially. And so to give them that foundation and so that they can soar through their educational journey and through life and pull the family out of the cycle of poverty and give hope. We want to pour out love to these kids first and foremost, the love of Christ to them. And so that's our main goal. Pastor, when did you know that um, being a, an evangelist, a pastor, a reverend, when did you know that was going to be your calling? Um, I didn't know it until very late. So I was saved late in life at age 39. Shortly after that, I felt the call to go to seminary, but I didn't know why. And uh, I had been in business for 30 years in healthcare sales, and that was where I always thought I would be. And I went to seminary, and it was funny because I told my wife I had just got married, and I said, it'll only take a couple of years. It took nine years for me to go through seminary. We had four children at the period of time. And anyway, so as I came out, I knew I wanted to go into pastoral ministry. After that nine years of God working on my heart through seminary, and um by God's grace, I am here at First Baptist Church Cornelius. I don't belong here. I tell people I was born and raised a Roman Catholic. I got saved in a Pentecostal church. I was uh, married in a congregational church, went to a Presbyterian seminary, was in a Methodist church prior to becoming here. I had never been in a Baptist church, never been a member of a Baptist church, but I knew I was a Baptist when I came out of seminary. And God brought me up here. Uh, and that's a longer story, but I don't belong here, but God knows this is where I, be, I need to be. The uh, last segment we had Nicole Bryan on, and Nicole, as I shared, was an attorney, very successful attorney. She did my estate planning, as a matter of fact. Her husband is also an attorney, but she is now ordained. And uh, it's, it's fascinating people who may have this life in front of them, and then there's a, an epiphany, a, a change, and they decide, hey, I'm going to go in this direction. It's it's a calling. I mean, when you, when you you literally hear the call of God on your heart, and it draws you to do everything different, uh, and that's powerful in your life. And and you understand that calling is true as those doors open. As I said, I always joke I don't belong here, uh, and so. I was brought up here because a friend of a friend had said, hey, my daughter's on the pastoral search committee up at First Baptist Cornelius, and they called me up, and here I am. We got, we got less than 60 seconds. Why should a family uh, look at having their child in the Cornelius Early Sco um, Scholars Program? I think because of this woman over here, Margie Nance, uh, is going to pour her love into them and the love of Jesus Christ, number one. Uh, they will get the academics that they need in order to be successful in life, and they will get the foundation of faith that will make them a good citizen and, uh, and know who they are and who God is. Pastor, we appreciate the impact you're having on our community, not just here in Cornelius, but throughout Lake Norman. Margie, thank you for the efforts that you're going to put into this. Thank and you. thank everyone who's listening today on WSIC and all our streaming devices on Town Talk. We will see you next week. And remember, if it's Wednesday afternoon, we're talking about our towns on Town Talk on WSIC. Thank you. Thank you.